9.45 on the clock. This is Spice Radio 1200 AM. You're with me, Natasha, and you're tuned into the morning buzz. Metro Vancouver is implementing stage two water restrictions from this Friday. What does it mean for us? We're going to find out when we speak to Malcolm Brody, chair of the Metro Vancouver Water Committee. A very good morning to you, Malcolm. Yeah, good morning, Natasha. Thank you so much for your time. Now, this long weekend, besides celebrating the wonderful Friday and the long weekend that comes ahead of it, we're also starting the watering restriction stage two. So what does that mean? The biggest use of water outside the home is for lawn watering. We implemented stage one in the spring, which this year meant that you could uh, water your lawn one morning per week and we now go to stage two and lawn watering is prohibited uh, the people who are in the know say that uh, even though your lawn goes brown because of the lack of water it will come back in the fall as good as ever the, the grass will not die it just will look uh, dry uh, for a while Aside from that, uh, you can still water your shrubs uh, and that sort of thing, but it's just the lawn watering is prohibited. I know we have this older age, right, which says the grass is greener on the other side. I don't think it's a flex anymore. So the brown, more brown your lawn is, the better it is for the city. And, you know, you can actually be very proud of your water conservation uh, ethics, so to say. Uh, yes. And <laughs> the other side of that coin is, it's not that difficult to figure out who's skirting the rules. Uh, <laughs> if you have uh, wall-to-wall brown lawns and then all of a sudden someone has a lawn that looks like a golf course green, uh, you know that something is up. Yeah, and the city is watching you. Now, Malcolm, just to put things into perspective, how much water do Vancouverites use every single day? Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, I, I don't know that I have in have a number billions of liters of water wow but i do but i do emphasize well we've got three wonderful reservoirs on the north shore it's their job to keep us refreshed with plenty of water for our drinking for our cooking for our cleaning which is is basic to our quality of life usage this year has been 20 percent more than this time last year. And we don't know exactly why that has happened, but the fact is that it has happened. So the idea is to, to uh, take the water, preserve the water we have, conserve it, make sure that going into the fall when we get into the cooler, dry, uh, cooler wetter temperatures, uh, we're going to have plenty of water to last us uh, to that point. Wow. And I mean, among the fun facts that I've heard, I've heard so that uh, Vancouver uses almost 1 billion liters of water that could fill the BC place. I mean, that was a fun fact that I came across while doing my research. Now, it's, it's also that July 2023 is the world's hottest month. And that must have definitely impacted our water usage. It has. Um, the temperatures have been uh, higher than average. And even though at this time last week, remember, we had a day or two of cooler weather and rain, uh, that really made no difference in the levels of the reservoirs. So we've got the, the warmer temperatures, 
we do have a plentiful water supply. There's not a problem there. But the fact is we need to conserve it. We can't get overconfident about it. We need to conserve the water uh, for the balance of the summer going into the fall. Right. Uh, 23 of BC's 34 water basins have level 4 or 5, you know, on their uh, provinces of uh, you know, level of the drought scale. So uh, th- this is not like an alarm bell ringing when we talk about stage two, is it? No, it's, it's not meant to alarm people. It's simply a cautionary device to make sure that uh, we're not overusing the water. Uh, frankly, other than the aesthetics, I mean, why not uh, stop water watering your line? I mean, I think we would all agree that we need the water for the cooking, cleaning, and the drinking, which is far more important than having this beautiful, big, uh, you know, green lawn. And and so I don't think it's too much of a sacrifice for anybody, uh, and it just makes common sense. And, and as climates are changing, things are getting somewhat hotter, uh, these are the kind of flexibility choices that we have to make uh, so that, you know, that, that we're careful with the ample resources that we have. Let's not get overconfident about it and preserve our water going forward. Uh, absolutely right, Malcolm. And you did mention climate change. Now, as a city, how prepared are we when it comes to dealing with climate change and even growth of the city as well? Yeah, don't forget there's, there's various jurisdictions that we're talking about, Natasha, you're, you're talking about Metro Vancouver, which has a certain amount of authority and responsibility for the entire region. But you also have the cities having their own responsibilities as well. I think the cities and Metro Vancouver are really, uh, really, uh, fairly assertively uh, going forward with their environmental programs. And I think that, you know, certainly uh, continent-wide, I think that we in Metro Vancouver are leaders in it. Right. And any tips that you have, Malcolm, for our listeners as to how they can be water smart? Of course, now with this restriction from Friday onwards, all lawn watering is prohibited. But we can definitely water our little pots and plants, our little mint herbs and maybe a vegetable garden. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah. and, and that's important because people like to have the beautiful flowers and uh, you know it brightens up our whole environment uh, and it can be done with little little negative impact on the environment as a whole so y- yes you can continue to water your plants uh, the edible plants have always been exempted from uh, these kinds of regulations but just just a little common sense a little conservation will go a long, long way. I mean, if everybody conserves a little, you're magnifying it by, in this region, almost 3 million people. So it makes a huge difference if we just all act responsibly. And when we talk about parks, I want to have have two questions for you. One is, what happens to the water play parks? It's pretty hot out there. I hope we still have water in the water play parks for our kids. Yes, I I think... it varies from city to city, but, but yes, I think you can be pretty confident that uh, uh, it, it's not just water play, it's, it's a matter of being able to get cooled down. So I think that those kind of parks, and of course those, those places, they reuse the water. They have circulation systems so that it gets treated and chlorinated, 
and gets used safely uh, for the enjoyment of everybody and uh, without uh, overusing the water resource. Wonderful. And on that positive note, I'll have to let you go, Malcolm. Thank you so much for your time this morning and for these wonderful reminders of how we can conserve water in our own little way back home and, of course, for the city and for the greater good. Well, it's, it's a pleasure anytime, Natasha. Anytime. You have a beautiful week ahead. Thank you.